Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, May 24th, and you're tuned in to another episode of The Missy Show. Thanks for joining us on this Memorial Day weekend. And I'm on location in the beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. Yay! <laughs> Your first on location. There you go. <laughs> Woo! We have an audience. Yes, we do. I wish you were here with us, Dee. I wish I was there, too. I want to go somewhere. You know, I'm just happy not to be working. So, hey, I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Three-day weekend. Today weekend, I'm happy. I'm happy, happy. So you know, work no cubicles, <laughs> no cubicles, no office. So we're good. No cubicles, no office, no time, no you know deadlines. So I'm, I'm good. I'm working with it. It works for me. Works for works me too. Well, so, today's topic is an interesting yeah. one. I think um, we're going to be addressing urban legends as they pertain to animals. Exactly, <laughs> Urban Legends Animals Edition. And for animals. anyone who wants to join in the conversation, give us a call at 347-838-8313 or leave us a comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44. We'd love to hear from you. We love it. Now, um, <laughs> how do we jump into this? Where do this we, <laughs> <Where> do we <laughs> begin? Urban, where do you have your you have your common urban legends, you know? Yeah, yeah. You you know, we've we've all heard about the ones about the alligators and the sewers, you know, that that's one of the earlier ones that I remember hearing, you know, and, and I was kinda of doing a little bit of research on it and, and it kinda of started where um these wealthy families would kinda of go on vacation, you know, they, they lived up north but they would kinda of vacation in Florida. And they kind of would bring back these exotic pets. They would bring back baby alligators, the pets, allegedly. You know, I I think this is all just a legend. But um, they'd bring them home. You know, the kids would be having fun with them. But, of course, after a while, they start to grow. They don't stay babies. And as they kind of get a little too big and they realize that they can't handle them, um, the legend has it that they will flush them down the toilet and they would end up in the sewers of New York. So, There you go. <laughs> exactly. So, so it was, you know, I remember that one because it was just, I think there was a movie. I think there was a movie done on mm-hmm. that. I think there was. I, and mm-hmm. and there's actually even been books written about it. Yes, because I remember being terrified after watching that movie. <laughs> I think I became a boy for a minute and I was pissed because I was like, I can't. I can't answer the opportunity to get, I can't give an opportunity when I get to bite myself. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I think that I just, you know, until I got over that or just realized that it wasn't true, um, yeah, I would do some really crazy things in order not, because I was young, and I just remember seeing that movie thinking, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I mean, if you think about it, that would sort of freak anybody out, though, because, you know, you're just handling your business and, I don't know. I just thought that you know, something could come up, you know. Although so a grown alligator, of course, couldn't do that. But you couldn't do that. But it's just the idea. It's just the idea. Those are times. There are a couple of times in my life where I just don't want any surprises, and that's one of them. 
But you know what? I, I I like to look before I handle my business. I like to look. Yeah, I I, that's why I even in the middle of the night, I have to look. Yeah, I don't, yeah, don't want to go in because you, you just never know because you hear about certain things, you know. Like, yeah, or even like snakes or something. Yeah, I don't know how a snake would get in there, but I'm going to raise the lid and I have to have the light on and I just have to make sure. I'm sorry. You know, that's just something where you're vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. And, you know, so... I just want to make sure that when I went there, there was nothing there. So I don't know what happened in my dream that time. I don't want anything touching me. That's all I got to say. I don't want anything touching me. That's all I'm saying, Jazz. That's all I'm saying. I don't want any surprises. No, you don't. Yeah, like you said, you're very vulnerable. And, yeah. and the story goes that, you know, well, there are different versions of the story, but it, but usually it's some variation of that they become these mutant alligators and they're like, 20 feet long, they're these giant alligators. Um, they've been down there, you know, just uh, surviving in the sewers, eating rats, eating rubbish, things like that, whatever. And then some, you have some where they're allegedly albinos now because, you know, they've been down there, they haven't been getting any sunlight, and exactly. their eyes are pink or red, and their their skin is totally white, and they're allegedly, like, terrifying any sewer or city workers when they have to go down there and do any repairs or do any work. And... It's it's just crazy though, you know. But I, I'm pretty sure that that's just an urban legend, and I think it's been debunked pretty much. Although in in the book that I was um that I was reading excerpts from, allegedly there was something supposedly that somebody really saw something, but who knows? Who knows? You never know. I'm not going down to investigate. I just I will let them have that. I don't believe it, but I don't want to go down to investigating. So um, no, no, that that's one job that I would not want. No, no thank you. No thank you at all. And you have, you know, the urban legends of your your your, your normal urban legends of the werewolf and and, and Dracula and things of that, of that nature. Um I, you know the one that got me though, the one that just I remember hearing somebody telling me this when I was in grade school and it just freaked me out. I hope you're not gonna leave me freaked out tonight. Well, it was it was not necessarily something that scared me. It just grossed me out. It just gro and I just thought, oh, that is just just wrong. It's the one about the beehive. Oh yeah, that that hairstyle. The bee- yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I know where you're there going. Many versions of it, you know. And actually, I did not know that it originated back in I don't know if it's 13th century or something like that. But and I was like, really? And so, um, but the one that I remember, the story that I remember being told by, and I can't even remember who it was, I just remember them telling it about this lady, and I think it was in the 60s when the beehive was kind of popular, and she went to the hairdresser, and she wanted to have the beehive hairstyle, which is, you know, up like a beehive, and it turned out so well, and she got so many compliments on it that she decided she was going to keep it, and she would just kind of spray it and keep it, you know, whatever, she kept it for weeks and weeks into the months, and then all of a sudden she started to get these headaches and started to feel bad, and, and you know, she didn't know what was going on. And so she would go to the doctor, and she would complain of headaches, and the doctor would, you know, say, well, let's check this, let's check that. And then they said, well, you know, let us just check your head. And she was like, well, no, because I don't want you to mess up my hair. And they were like, well, we can't, you know, whatever. And so they said, well, we're going to have to. So she left them, and then all of a sudden they were taking her hair down. They started to, you know, see these 
bugs, and, and once they oh. got further down in there, they saw that it was maggots, and they had started eating until the brain. Oh, my God. And I just remember hearing this story. <laughs> what? You know, because she had combed her hair, and literally the woman ended up, you know, going, losing consciousness and going into a coma, and she eventually died, you know. So, but it's been like, it's been like versions of it has been taken where it was one that included the guy who had the dreadlocks, who had, you know, had two dreadlocks and they had never cut the dreadlocks. And, yeah. He, you know, and, you know, I think there were spiders or something. And then about yeah, because the yeah, I've heard the one with the spiders and then it seemed like I heard one where there were roaches. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, gosh, either way, it's gross. It's so disgusting. Because can you even imagine? I wonder if something like that, I guess it could happen, though, but... You would think that, yeah. hey. <laughs> I guess if you really just didn't wash your hair or something, and I guess if you had a hairstyle like a beehive or something, maybe it could. I don't know. I mean, I, just, I mean, but you would think that you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would think at the least your your scalp would be itching really bad at first. I would just think just the itching alone would get to you. Yeah, make you want to wash your hair. I <laughs> You want to wash or something. So, I, I, you know, that's one that just kind of freaked me out. And I was like, oh, that's just, that's, that's just nasty. And I just thought, okay, we're just going to wash our hair. And I just, every time I would see somebody with an updo after that, though, I would just think, mm. Yeah, yeah, like the, the French rolls and stuff. Yeah, that yeah, kind of wash your yeah. Kind of like, you know, maybe even in about a week. Yeah, I would think like, mm, but I was young then, so you know, there was <laughs> my mind would be all over the place back then. But you know, it but was you know crazy. what? I think a lot of people believe that because I I'd heard it too, and I'd even hear some adults saying it. You know, well, be careful, don't don't leave your hair in those braids for too long or whatever. You know, because among the African American community, you know, I'd heard the version of it where the little girl had the braids for too long, exactly. and her mom didn't make her hair down and. You know, so so I, I think a lot of people to this day still believe some version of that story. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, you know, if you talk about it long enough, people will start to believe it. That's how we get urban legends. Yeah. If people talk about it long enough, people start to believe. Well, the whole thing, another one that I, I, I kind of glossed over and kind of saw, and this is one that I actually kind of believe myself, I'm not even going to lie, which for a little while I believed it, about the whole throwing rice at weddings and why we don't throw rice at weddings now. Because I don't of, know if I know that one. What, what's that deal? Well, you know about why people stop throwing rice at, well, you know, they used to throw rice at weddings. When you get married and you're done married, you're coming out of the church or what have you, and people throw, used to throw rice at you. Right now, right. I think they throw, you know, bird seed or they blow bubbles or something like that. But they used to traditionally throw rice. And yeah, I remember that. The whole saying was don't throw rice because if you do, the birds will come eat the rice, the rice will swell and explode the bird. Oh, wow. That was the whole myth that I heard about. I was like, really? <laughs> well, because you, you think about it, you're like, well, rice does swell, and maybe that's why. Well, the truth of the matter is that the reason a lot of people stop throwing rice at weddings is because rice is messy. And when rice gets wet or, you know how when you cook rice, you have the starchy kind of, you know, stuff off of it? Yeah. And when when rice gets wet or, you know, it sticks or gets hot, it sticks. And actually what could happen is somebody could walk on it if it's wet and it's really slippery. So Oh, now yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's a messy thing to clean up. So they were like, instead of throwing rice, throw bird seed, you know? 
And so, you know, and, and I was reading about it. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Okay. And then you, you kind of read on it like, and, it, and if that really were true, it, in order for the rice to swell inside of a bird's stomach, first it would have to be a lot of moisture there for it to swell. Second, in order for a rice to actually swell, you need it to be a certain temperature. Like when we cook rice, it has to we boil it in order for it to swell. It has to be a certain degree of temperature. Right. And that, you know, that's just not going to happen. And also, um, when a bird eats rice, it sort of, the these, um, digestion process starts. So, for that to actually happen, you know, it would kind of be one of those things of like, you know, impossible. So, that's just what I did. I just went, there was a wedding. You fucked up my church. There was a wedding not too long ago. Yeah, because you would just see all these, these birds that just had exploded. You just see. Pigeon guts everywhere. Everywhere. Like, like, no, there was a wedding. <laughs> there was a wedding. But, you know, we don't throw rice because it's very messy and it's very sticky and it's hard to clean up. So they say instead of throwing rice, throw bird seed because, you know, you can throw it and the birds get a free meal. So there you right, go. Exactly, exactly. It's very animal friendly. There you go. There you Put go. It that way. Environment friendly and animal friendly. Well, another one, now this is an old wise tale that I've heard since I was a little little kid. And I would hear my mom and my grandma say this, and I've heard plenty of plenty of grown people talk about this, is the thing that you want to watch cats around babies because cats will suck yes. a baby's breath. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. I, I grew up believing that, you know, and then even after I got grown and I thought about it and I was like, well, maybe. Maybe it's not so much that they'll suck their breasts, but maybe they're attracted to the milk scent on their breasts yes. or whatever. But yeah. um, I've come to find that that myth is false because cats, cats will not suck a baby's breast. It's not possible for them to suck their breast anyway, like suck it out of their body and kill them somehow. Exactly. But exactly. Um, they said probably a lot of times what really had happened was the child may have um, died from SIDS, you know, that sudden exactly. infant death syndrome. And a lot of times just because there may have been a cat in the home, the cat got blamed for it. But, but usually it was probably something like that. Um, I also in my research found out that some not saying that maybe a cat cannot suffocate a baby, but it's not that the cat would be trying to harm the baby on purpose. But, you know, cats, you know, they, they find a nice warm spot, you know, and, and just unintentionally, you know, something like that happened where they could potentially just lie on the baby's face or something exactly. by mistake, but it's not because they're purposely, like, sinister, because I actually hear people say, you got to be careful around cats, you can't have them around your babies, because they'll suck their breasts out, and, but they exactly. almost say it. We've heard, we've heard that. I mean, I've heard that for the longest time. Mm-hmm. The longest time where you're thinking, you know, just get away from the baby, you know, but, yeah. Just yeah, but, but no, no, they're, they're not out to get us, and they're not out to get babies. Just more than anything, they just said, you know, in my research, that you probably wouldn't want to leave a cat and a baby in a room alone together just in case, just for that reason of potential suffocation, that they might just, you know, lie on the baby or get on their chest or something, find a warm spot, and they like to cozy up. But, of course, yeah. with a newborn baby, they couldn't take the pressure of a cat laying on their chest, you know, like an adult could or a child could do it. Exactly. And, I mean, with any any situation, with any animal in a, a small child, a baby, you want to, you know, be cautious and vigilant of that. So, of right, course. yeah, and I guess the same could even go for a puppy or a dog. I yeah. guess the same thing. 
Yeah, you know, if you have your baby and he's in the middle of the floor and you're thinking, okay, we're going to let Spike and the baby be, of course you want to, you know, even though you trust that dog, I would trust, you know, if it was Boom, I would trust Boom to the, you know, to the to the end of the world, world with, with my child, but you still want it because it might not be something that the dog's meaning to do, but if the baby's sweeping and the dog's sweeping and he's rolling over and he, you know, you never know. So you just want to make sure you watch all the time. You know what, when you were talking about the dog, you, you brought up this other weird one. That, and I don't know, now I don't know if this is a true story because I don't remember if it was on the news or something and my mom told me she heard about this. I heard about one where this family had a ferret and they let the ferret get to the newborn baby, you know, and they they heard the, the baby in there like really screaming and hollering, you know, I guess it wasn't a normal type of crying that they did. And they went in the room, and the ferret had chewed some of the baby's fingers off. Now, I, I can't remember if my mom say, said that she, you know, saw that on the news or something for real, you know, not something that happened locally, but like on the national news. I can't remember if that, you know, I don't know if that's an urban legend or that really happened. You know, I remember hearing, I don't know if it was a, I don't know why I want to say I remember it being, or it, it was some kind of animal. Oh, like a dog or something, maybe or something. I remember. I I vaguely remember something of that. If it was a baby, yeah, because it, it was either the baby's fingers or their toes or something, and and it, it was like, you know, just chewing on them, you know. And and I think the baby ended up losing a couple of its digits, you know, due to that. If if this is true, and see, like how you're saying it's a dog, and I'm like, and I heard it was a ferret. See, this is yeah, another right. example of an urban legend. <laughs> I'm going to actually have to research that and see if there's a real news story behind that. Hopefully it is an urban legend, but you never know. I remember, I remember hearing something, and I don't know if that was the truth or not. I just remember hearing something about someone, um, a human, having lost some type of body part to some animal, whether it be a ferret or a dog, you know, some kind of way. I just remember I remember hearing something about that. So, yeah, we might need to do some more research into that. might need to do some more research into that. Yeah, I was going to say that I, I think I thought I heard it, like, on news or something, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one. Well, I, I have at least one more that I would like to share, and I have never in my life heard of this. And, and I'm sure this one is obviously an urban legend because this allegedly, allegedly happened around 1998. Okay. And it happened in, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Paderborn, Germany, okay, um, at a zoo, and okay. apparently one of the elephants there was having some digestion issues. Um, the elephant was constipated, okay. and the zookeeper, you know, he noticed that the elephant, you know, hadn't done its business in a couple of days, and, you know, that isn't good for elephants. Not that it's good for anybody, but it's, uh, it's especially not good for elephants, at least it's saying in the story. And so he set out to help the elephant. So he gave the elephant, it says, like, 20-some different laxatives, you know, whatever they use the elephant. right now. <laughs> and, and he also fed the elephant bushels of berries and also fed the elephant from figs and prunes. And still nothing was happening. So he decided, okay, um, we really need to get something going here. So he, he was the last person left at the zoo place or whatever. One of the other employees was there, and he was like, hey, you want me to stay and help you? And he was like, no, nah, you can go ahead. I've got this. And this was at nighttime. So 
So he decides, okay, well, I'm going to help the elephant out since this doesn't seem to be working, so I'm going to give him an olive oil animal. Uh, you knew I knew that was coming. I knew the animal was coming. Okay, continue. Oh, and, and first off, I'm just like I didn't even know you could give an elephant an animal, but okay. So he's, he's gearing up to give the elephant the uh, olive oil animal. I can't remember whether he even got to do that part, but at some point what he'd been giving the elephant orally, it kicked in. Oh. And so... In this legend, the elephant released with such a force that it knocked the guy down. But what happened was when he fell down, he hit his head on a rock. So he was knocked unconscious. And so the elephant continued to release. He was on a roll, and he released, and he released, and he released. Um, oh my God! A few hours later, one of the um, I don't know custodians or whoever you know they they came and they found the man and the only part of him that was exposed was from the knees down. The rest of him was buried underneath the elephant dung, and he suffocated because he was already unconscious and he suffocated while he was laying there on the ground. And um, the custodian found him, and that's how he met his end, by being suffocated by elephant dung. Oh, my gosh. And this is is a legend, as an urban legend, right? Because I really don't want to be laughing at this. Yes, yes. Um, Allegedly, it is a legend because um, some of the people who were trying to investigate and find out if it were true, I think they said that they didn't find any evidence for that particular zoo really existing in that location, nor okay, could great. they find anything about the. I don't. Maybe they said they couldn't even find evidence that that alleged zookeeper even existed. So okay, they're I thinking don't feel so bad. that that was an Copy Lupac. 
Kope Lukwak. K O P I. One word. L U W A K. Another word. If I say those words to you, what does it mean to you? It means absolutely nothing to me. I've never heard the term. I when I read this, I was like, "What the crap?" Okay, so here's mine that sort of piggybacks on the same kind of theme of of the elephant in the school of the trainer. Okay, apparently there is the, a legend, or, or there was some myth, or some so of people that would actually drink, uh, for lack of a better word, poo poo coffee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And people were like, no, no, it's the people nobody would drink poo coffee. Nobody's going to drink poo coffee. And I was like, well, is this true? Is this not true? Apparently it's true. This is a urban oh. legend that is, has been blown and it has been busted, and it is actually true. There is a particular uh, animal that is called a civet cat, which is C-I-V-E-T cat, which is another name for Cope Luquet. It's called the Civic Coffee, which this particular uh, cat <laughs> is found in Indonesia and other Southeast Asian countries. And actually, it's not a cat. It's more like a distant cousin to the mongoose. But anyway, this particular cat is known to eat a fleshy red cherry uh, fruit, I guess you would call it, of a coffee tree found in Indonesia. And what happens is that this particular cat... Oh, gross. <laughs> hey, you had your dung story. Let me have mine. Oh. This particular cat eats this, and then there are plantation workers <laughs> that go behind mm. it and get it. Why? It's organically fresh. And they take it, and they ground it up, and they make coffee out of it. It's sort of like taking the little... Uh, coffee bean, and they ground it up, and they make coffee out of it, which oh is the name. And let me just tell you, because I was like, is this really real? Yeah, this is real. Um, they uh, actually make coffee out of it. It is, it's, it's, it's called the Cope Luquat coffee or the Civic coffee, and it's actually sold uh, in, well, it's sold there, but and they also sell it here in North American countries. It kind of rose to fame when the whole, back in the 1990s, when the whole Starbucks kind of thing was going on. So you can actually, you can actually get it if you want to get it. Um, but here's the thing, because I was all grossed out by it, but then I was like reading, and I was like, hey, I probably wouldn't drink it, but I would follow this little cat around again. Because here, listen to this. It sells, the asking price can be up to $600 per pound. What? Yeah. And it fetches as much fetch. Well, that works. It gets as much as $30 for a single blue cup in some parts of the world. Why, though? Why would you want to drink something with cat dung? Why? Well, well, mongoose, cat, whatever. Apparently, it has a, its aroma is really strong. And it is incredibly full-bodied, almost syrupy. It is thick, and this might get me on board if I was ever with a hint of chocolate. (laughs) And and they, you know, I quote the person who tried it, says that it lingers on the tongue with a long, clean aftertaste. 
I bet you. <laughs> just take out the clean part. You know, I'll just, hey, but you know what? If I happen to be in Indonesia or, or you know, in uh, Vietnam, I think they have a, a, a similar thing called the Cafe Chong, which I so know I'm not saying that right, but it, it's for fox dung coffee, which this particular kind of thing, animal, resembles a fox. And they get the same thing from it the same way. And it, it sells the same way that it does. So I'm just telling you, if I'm ever in Indonesia, any Southeast Asian country, or in, in uh, Vietnam, and if I just happen to be out on a plantation somewhere <laughs> and happen to see one, I might stick around for a little bit. <laughs> hey. Well, I'd collect it. I wouldn't drink it, but I'd collect oh, it and no, try to sell no, it. No, no, no. I'm not drinking it, but I'd keep me a little baggie of it. i just whip out the Ziploc and just be like, hey, do your business. Okay. <laughs> and I would go to the nearest dealer or, or buyer and say, hey, I'm going to get this. So wow. interesting, and since you were speaking of dung and, and, you know, things of that nature, I thought that would be great to tag on to yours. And you know what? It, it, it was that they went together like a hand in a glove. There you go. <laughs> that brought my mind back to the animal. Never mind. Okay, and actually that would have went great with next week's topic because next week we're tackling odd animal facts, and that would have been a great yeah. one. That yeah, that's been an early one. That's a freebie. Yeah, I know. That's a precursor to next week's show, everybody. Yeah, so so next week we're going to be talking about odd things about different animals that maybe the average person doesn't know about, and we're go. gonna we're gonna learn some new things too. We're gonna do our research. There we you go. go back in college again as much as we research now. There, I know. Hello, Sister Vite, India. Thank you for all the help you've done on our show. Thank you, Sister Vite, and thank you to all our India listeners, and thank you to everyone across the U.S. and in any other country who's listening. You guys have Thanks a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for everybody who served, who's serving. Thank you so much for what you do for our country and all countries. Thank you very much. God bless, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.